Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Roddy will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. David had a horizontal connection with God. That is the one thing that set David, are y'all listening? That is the one thing that set David aside from everybody else. He had a horizontal connection with God. David has, or is this horizontal? It's vertical. Y'all know what I'm saying. He had a a vertical connection with God. Yes, preach, Pastor, preach. Preach. I get a mix. I haven't mixed. I haven't mixed them up. Fifty-three years almost. I've mixed them up. Ver- vertical, horizontal. Well, why didn't y'all tell me? David, as I said, in a very spiritual demeanor, David had a vertical connection with God, not so much a horizontal connection with God. Right? Okay. And you'll notice the words that's coming out of David's mouth over and over and over in this text, the living God, the living God. Why? Because he had a vertical connection with God, right? Okay. In our text, David had returned from Saul and feeding the sheep. Meanwhile, verse 16, look at it. The Philistines drew closer and closer every day. And notice the Bible says they presented themselves every day. You know, that's just like the giants in our lives, isn't it? They say, oh, good morning, and then they slap you in your face. Every day. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They did this for 40 days. Well, verse 17 tells us, notice and you might want to write this in, the mar- in your margins. This is the providential hand of God. The providential hand of God. Poking Jesse at just the right time. Jesse said, David, I need you to be sure that my boy stay in good health with the, in, in a good standing with the officer. So take these 10 cheeses and this organic whole wheat bread from Whole Foods. <laughs> you don't know. And give it to your brothers and the commander of the army. And while you're down there, check on your brothers and see how they're doing. Look at verse 18 and come back and let me know. So at this point, they're fighting with the Philistines in verse 19. And y'all tracking with me? And and they're fighting with the Philistines. And when they say that they're fighting with the Philistines, it doesn't mean that they're going hand to hand. It means that they're going back and forth with words. Like, I dare you to come down from the high ground. No, you first. No, you first. No, you guys come first. When you guys come, then we'll come. I dare you. So they're going back and forth fighting. Verse 20 tells us, so David rose up early in the morning and he left the sheep with a sheep keeper and went and did what his dad 
told him to do. Good son. This day started like any other day for David. He got up and did what his dad told him to do. And meanwhile, both armies are getting things together and ready to fight. Look at verse 22. David left his supplies in the hands of a supply guy and came into the army and greeted his brother. Brothers, David obviously knew where they were and where they were camped, where the camp of Judah was, because in a battle, listen, did you know this? That Judah, in a battle, in formation, would always camp out in the front. That's how David knew where they were. Remember, there were thousands of men there. And armies in ranks. But David knew where to find them because Judah always camped in the front. That's how David was able to find them. He went straight to the front. He found his brothers. He's talking to his brothers in verse 23. And all of a sudden, David hears crunch, crunch, crunch. David hears these guys walking on the battlefield, and David turns around, looks up, and verse 24, all the other guys said, I'm out. (laughs) In Hebrew, verse 25, the men of Israel, (laughs) the men of Israel asked David, have you seen this guy who has, watch this, come up, read the Bible, has come up. It seems that Goliath is starting to walk up the other side of the mountain for uh, Israel. David said, no, I haven't seen him because David only sees one giant. David sees Jehovah. Then they tell David that the king has offered an incentive package. (laughs) To anyone who kills Goliath, I'll give money and his daughter. Wow, that says a lot about his daughter, doesn't it? He's trying to get her out the house. Saul's probably thinking only a giant killer can handle my daughter. Saul, I had a great time in this chapter. I had a great time. Saul also promised to put the household who fought the giant in a tax-exempt status. This is a great deal. In verse 26, I don't know, maybe not so much the daughter. I don't know. Well, verse 26, David is shocked that the motivation for killing the man who is mocking the God of Israel is tax exemption. In verse 26, I love it, David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who defies the armies of the living God? Or who is this one who is outside of the covenant? Who is this one who opposes all that God stands for? Who is this trespasser? Point number three, look at verse 28. Let's read a little bit more. Now, Eliab, y'all getting anything? (laughs) Now, Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to them, to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. He said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? That sounds a little, well, you left those few sheep in the wilderness. Like you wasn't really doing nothing. I know your pride and your insolence of your heart. Really? How you know? For you have come down to see the battle. And David said, what have I done now? I like that. What have I done now? (laughs) Is there not a cause? And then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul and he sent for him. 
And then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against the Philistines to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it, and I struck it, and I delivered the lamb from out of its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. And your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of a living God. Somebody say amen. Oh, I love it. I love it. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the paw of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. (laughs) The Lord be with you because I won't. (laughs) I'm going to watch him from over here, bro. So, in verse 38, Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail, and David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I can't walk with these, for I've not tested them. So David took them off. Saints, stop right there. Point number three, the doubters. Notice Eliab. David's older brother heard David's voice because he knows his brother's voice. And he was mad at David. And he thinks that David came down just to see the battle. He didn't know that his dad sent him to bring him lunch. He said, you just came down here to see what's going on. And in verse 29, I love it. I love this little verse. What have I done now? In Hebrew, what have, what have I done now means, what have I done now? Doesn't that sound like a little brother statement? It really does, like a little brother statement. David said, listen, get off my back. There's bigger things to be worried about. Then David said, talk to the hand. He turned his back. Verse 30. (laughs) I'm working here. In verse 30. And he started talking to someone else. Now listen, from from here forward, I'm going to point out a few battles that we all face. And here's the first one. When you want to step out in faith and do something for God, oftentimes it's those that are closest to you that are the ones that hassle you the most. Isn't that true? David did the right thing. He turned and started talking to someone else because if you're foolish enough to engage in this battle, you'll never get to the real battle that God is bringing you to for his glory and your good. David won the battle with his brother. Why? Because David was genuinely concerned about the glory of God and not what his brothers thought about his presence. David, in verse 32, said, I'll go fight that giant. Saul probably laughed. Saul said, you're just a kid and inexperienced. He's a man of war. Then David tries to convince Saul that he can fight. He says, listen, I keep my father's sheep. I pull lambs out of the lion's mouth. David said, your servant has killed the lion and a bear. And David said, this giant is going to fit in that same category. Interesting, because these victories for David, saints, listen, was preparing him for this day. All those victories of the lions and the bears and the tigers, oh my. 
was preparing him for this victory this day. Well, here's battle number two that we face. Don't listen to the experts. Saul said, you're a kid. How are you going to fight with an experienced man of war? Just like many people, Saul is stuck in the paralysis of analysis. I've talked to guys who are going to start a church, and they come to the area five times. They go back to their area and come back. They're checking out the land. They're spying out the land. They're checking things out. They go and they come, and they meet with other churches, and then they attend a church conference, you know, the triangle, we need another church conference 2013, or they do their studies and their plannings, and they say, oh, we're going to have 700 people by the first Sunday, and they do all the marketing, and they put out all the signs. By the way, what's up with that sign out there, all the scribbled letters? Did y'all see that sign? Can anybody, like, what do you need to be dyslectic to read that? Or what is it? It's for literacy. Well, why don't they just say that? <laughs> because if, if, if I'm correct, most people don't know it's for literacy. Did y'all just learn something? Aren't you glad you came to church tonight? I, I never knew that. Okay, well, they should just say that anyways. If God tells you to do something, don't analyze it. Do it. Don't let the experts tell you what God can do and can't do because nothing will ever get done if you get stuck in the paralysis of analysis. Remember, God is not looking for people who are qualified. God is looking for people who are available. And if you're qualified and available, that's wonderful. Now understand, David isn't bragging when he talks about killing lions and bears. We would have never heard about this unless someone tried to get him to analyze his capability to kill a giant. David didn't write songs, I kill a bear and I kill a giant, blessed be the name of the Lord. I kill a bear, I kill a giant, blessed be the name of the Lord. He didn't write songs about that. He was writing songs about the glory of God and not his own. And the only reason he brings it up is because he's making a point. Are y'all getting me? The same God that kills bears and kills lions is the same God that can kill a giant. No problem, no sweat, stop tripping. Verse 37, David said, the Lord will deliver me from the hand of the Philistines. Now listen quick. What we are in private, you'll trust the Lord, you'll also be in public. If we cultivate a relationship with the living God in private, when you're in public, you'll be ready to do what God has for you to do. Did you get that? What you are in private, you're going to be in public. If you cultivate a relationship with the living God in private, when you're in public, you'll be ready for what God has called you to do. Saul told David, okay, God, go with you, and gave him his armor. David put the armor on, and it didn't fit. And David said, I can't walk with these, let alone fight fight against the giant in these. Now, here's battle number three. Never fight with someone else's armor. You know, Chuck Swindoll said that David was a 36 regular and Saul was a 52 long. It's probably true. You can't fight with someone else's weapons. And you can't fight with someone else's relationship with the Lord. Just like you're not going to heaven because your grandmother was a Christian or your father was a preacher. You can't. God, somebody said it like this. God doesn't have any grandkids, only sons and daughters. So 
David realized that he cannot get victory over this giant in someone else's armor. Keep that tucked away. We're coming back to that. Point number four, finally, the battle, verse 40 through 58. Then in verse 40, let the saints say amen. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself how many stones? Five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. And so the Philistine, Goliath, came and began drawing near to David. And the man who, were, who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, a ruddy kid, but he was pretty good looking. And so the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? The Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me. And I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And then David said to the Philistines, y'all get this scene, this big old guy and this little old kid. And ruddy means kind of red, by the way. So maybe he had red hair. Maybe his skin was kind of red from being out in the sun. Who knows? But you got this ruddy little kid. Maybe anywhere between 12 and 15, 17 maybe. Standing before this giant, David said to this Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you and take your big head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth and all the earth. Here is why. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with a sword and spear. For the battle is who? The Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. And keep in mind, David is doing all this talking. He hasn't read the story. <laughs> he doesn't know the ending. So, you know, you might look at this and go, well, David's like, he's like, this will be like tr- trash talking, you know. Yeah, you're going to do this to me. I'm going to do that to you. Yeah, you think you're going to get my hand? I'm going to get your head. <laughs> he hasn't read the story. He doesn't know. But he trusts the Lord. And he knows God. Okay? And so it was. When the Philistine arose in verse 48 and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead. I love the detail of the Bible. And he fell on his face to the earth. I'm going to tell you why in just a second. So David prevailed over the Philistines with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, the Philistine's sword, which was probably weighed as much as David, and drew it out, its sheath, and killed him and cut off his head with it. 
And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they took off. Now, the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road to that place, even as far as Gath and Ekron. And then the children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines and they plundered their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. And when Saul saw David going out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, who is the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, as your soul lives, O king, I don't know. And so the king said, inquire whose son this young man is. And then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. Yuck. And Saul said to him, whose son are you, young man? So David answered, I am the son of your servant, Jesse the Bethlehemite. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Finally, verse 40 tells us David took his staff and picked up five smooth stones. Now listen, these are the weapons that David knew how to use. These are the weapons that David had proven. The shepherd's staff, a sling, and he drew near to the Philistine. Now remember that there's two mountains and two armies. And between the two mountains is the brook Elah or the Elah Valley. David, watch this. I love it, and I know that you will. David doesn't get his ammunition until he gets in the brook. That tells us that David is already committed to the battle before he got his ammunition. I love that. Again, don't listen to people, as they will talk you many times right out of a blessing. Well, you don't have this and you don't have that. How are you going to do this for the Lord? And how, you know, how are you going to do that for it? And how's this going to work out? You know, me and Miss Elvira were moving here with the family. And y'all know my story. I'm not going to go over it tonight. We, you know, we didn't have any money. We didn't have anything. And, and, um, and, and, and we, but we did know that God was calling us. We did know that God told us to come here. God told us to come here. He tells us to go to Greensboro, to, 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 to uh, Winston-Salem, or Wake Forest. God told us to come to Raleigh, to this area right in this pocket, the triangle. And there were people telling us, you know, well, what about this and what about that? Remember, you know, well, we, you know y'all don't have this and y'all don't have We didn't have any money, none. Matter of fact, we left California. I don't know if I ever told you this. We left California. We had very we had enough gas. We were, we we're going to go to Philadelphia and see my mom first before coming here. And because we were changing addresses and changing locations, we had done our taxes, and we put my mother's address to forward the check. I'll tell you all that story about our taxes. All right, I'm going to tell you right now. And, 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 and so we, we got our, our taxes. Um, we put the, the, my mother's address because we had no address. Knowing that mom would forward the check. And so we got to Philadelphia. We were there for, you know, seven days or whatever it was. And we still had no money to come here, but we knew that we were going to come here and that God was going to do work. And um, 
the day that we were leaving, again, we had no money. I mean, no money meaning a couple of hundred bucks. And um, the day that we were leaving, our income tax check came to my mom's house. My mom went out to the mailbox because we were like, man, I wish that check had came. Man, y'all would be like that, you know, man, I wish that check had came. Ooh, it might be all right if that check get here. You know, I'm looking every day for that check. And no check, no check, no check, no check. So the day we're leaving, my mom goes out. I'm like, we were packed up, ready to go. My mom goes out to the mailbox. She came running in with the, with the brown envelope. She came running, ooh, the check, the check is here. <laughs> we were so happy. You know, we thought Jesus came. And... Uh, <laughs> You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.